Cool. That's a good story. It's a good story. So, as you would have heard, my name is Philip, and I'm speaking about Philip, which is a little bit weird, but, you know, I was going to do Jonah, but Wayne took that, so we'll go with that one. Uh, my title for my, <coughs> excuse me, my sermon this morning is Running the Race of Your Life, or Running the Race of Your Life. Uh, first thing you need to know, which I actually didn't know, is there are at least two Philips in the Bible, possibly more. There's Philip the Apostle, or Philip the Disciple of Jesus, who we don't really hear a lot about, uh, and then there's Philip the Evangelist, who comes a little bit later in Acts, and that's the one we're going to focus on today. So the first thing we need to know about Philip is he was chosen by the 12 disciples as a deacon, one of the seven deacons picked for the church. Uh, so the church in Jerusalem had grown since Jesus has been around, grown so big that the disciples couldn't look after it anymore. There was too much work to do for them so they appointed some deacons and they had to distribute the aid and the care and look after the poor and the marginalised in that community. So these guys were appointed the task and they often did their job so that the 12 apostles or disciples could then go and do what they were called to do. Now, um, Saul comes along, doesn't like this new movement, this Christian movement, and he just tears the church apart. He starts persecuting Christians, going into their homes taking them, locking them up, all sorts of things. So the churches are scattered and these uh, deacons and the rest of these people spread all through the land in the area and they took the message with them throughout the land wherever they went. Uh, so Philip began preaching the good news wherever they went. So uh, in Acts 8 we read uh, verses 4 to 8, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and what he said, uh, sorry, and, and saw the signs he performed, they paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. So Philip was a pretty special guy. I think the 12 apostles or disciples wouldn't pick random people. They picked people that they knew had been appointed by God. So there's a few things we know that he was chosen by the disciples for a special task. He was guided by the Spirit into what he needed to do. He could perform powerful acts through God. We can read that there. He was an extremely effective preacher and a communicator. People listened to him and they took on his words. And we're about to read, he gets to speak to angels, which I think is pretty cool. So that's just a bit of background, I suppose, on Philip and how we get to our text today. Uh, the text we saw in the little clip there, but I think we'll read it again just to make sure we've got it. So I'll read it from Acts 8, 26 to 40, and this is what we'll be speaking on today. So the angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candake, which means queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet. The, Philip, the spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you were reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. And this is the passage the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, as a, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. 
Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told the good news about Jesus. And as they travelled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me, of my being baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and travelled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So that's the text I want to be speaking on today. And I've drawn out of that text five things that I think we can learn for running the race of our life. And the first thing I want to talk about, what we can learn from Philip, is that he was open to the Spirit of God. We, we read in the text there, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now the angel didn't say exactly where to go, or what he was going to do, or where he was going to end up. He just said, Go to a desert road for no reason. And Philip just went, yeah, okay, fair enough. Now, he may have had a little advantage. An angel told him to do this. I dare say if an angel appeared to me and said, I want you to go and do something a little bit weird, like go and walk down the desert road, I'd probably do it. I think if an angel says to do it, maybe that's a little bit helpful. But we, we read a little bit later in verse 29 that the Spirit said to Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. He knew from the Spirit telling him that he had to go and stand near that chariot or go and run near that chariot. Now, sometimes hearing an angel, pretty overt, pretty, not really hard to argue with, you'd probably do it. But hearing from the Spirit's a little bit trickier. It's often described as the still, small voice of God, which sometimes you think, hmm, I don't know, should I be doing that? Is that God telling me that or is that me telling me that? Either way, Philip knew. When the Spirit told him to do it, he did it. And um, without hesitation, he didn't, didn't argue, just said, yep, I'm going to do it. Now, you have to work out for yourself when the Spirit's talking to you. You need to pray into that. You need to talk to people about that. You need to read the Word. And when the Spirit tells you to do something, it's probably a good thing to be doing. So my first point that I think we can learn from this story of Philip is be open to the Spirit that lives inside you and be prepared to follow the promptings you receive. Whether it's an angel appearing to you or a quiet whisper, if God tells you to do it, be prepared to do it. Second point, and this is a little bit silly, a little bit fun, but I think we can learn from Philip that he was fit and fast. And which is what I like about it, okay? I might be using a little bit of license. It doesn't really give us all the details here, but you're going to have to go with me. Now, we can see from the whiteboard, we've got some really fast animals. We've got some really fast people in this world. We think that if a chariot can travel at 35 kilometres an hour, it says in there, the Spirit said, told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. So he had to run to a chariot that may have been travelling at 35 kilometres an hour to get into his position to speak to this eunuch. Now, we don't know what the road was like. It was a desert road. Maybe it was going a little bit slower, but I don't think that's a particularly easy thing to do. But we're going to demonstrate that. Let's just try it out, okay? Now, I need a reasonably fit volunteer in sensible shoes, and it's, well, maybe sandals, that'd be cool. Anyone wearing sandals? Because Philip was probably wearing sandals, but we'll go with someone with some Nikes or something. Um, 
and it's going to involve a treadmill. Is there anybody willing to put their legs on the line to prove a point for me and run on a chariot, oh, sorry, on a treadmill while I sit on my chariot? Have we got a fit person here? We need someone, come on. It's going to be a little bit weird if I have to do both parts myself. Tim, come on down. Thank you, Tim. Let's give Tim a clap because he's willing to go there. We're going to go over here. You jump on. I need a microphone. Sorry, I forgot that one. Um, we'll, we'll work that out. I won't put you up to 35. Um, I don't, you have to hold a script and talk. So, so you're Philip, I'm the eunuch. Um, here's your script. Um, you can read that in a little bit. So um, this is Philip, everybody. He's in a desert road. I'm a eunuch on a chariot. I've got the easy ride here. So we're going to get Tim to run. I've got a whole lot of background just to wear him out a little bit before he has to speak because we want to try this out. Um, so we're going to do a little role play. Is that all right? You're reading the black parts. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm going to turn it on. Are you ready? Yep. You might want to um, put your script... Like, I can hold it for you. Oh, yes. it's going to, you might want to hang on. It's going to be a ride. We'll warm him up. We'll warm him up. It starts at like two kilometres an hour. Okay, here we go. All right, I'm going to speed you up. What do you reckon is reasonable, guys? Eight kilometres an hour? We're up to... Eight? Eight. <laughs> wow. It's 30, 35, they reckon, maybe. All right, we're up to five, six. We'll stop at eight and we'll see how you're feeling. And you can tell me... Hold on, hold on, you, this could end really poorly. I don't have the OHS for this. <laughs> All right, so we're at eight. Do you reckon, do you, reckon you can do 10? 10. 10 kilometers an hour? That's like in a one hour Lonnie marathon, a Lonnie oh, 10. Right, 10. All right, we're gonna go up to 10 and then I won't hurt you any more than that. This wasn't set up by the way, he didn't know he was doing this. All right, we're at 10 kilometers an hour. Okay, you feeling okay? Yeah, you're feeling good. Been all right, really all right, you ready, ready to convert me? Okay, I'm gonna get in my chariot. And I'm just cruising. I don't know what they did in chariots, eat grapes or something. All right. Um, so um, I'm in my chariot, traveling along the desert road. Goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. Um, started out. You see a eunuch over there in the distance riding in his chariot. And the spirits just said, right, you need to go to that chariot. I'm doing 35 kilometers now. I'm going to crank up to 35, OK? No, right. OK. <laughs> We'll keep him at 10. We'll keep him at 10. Are you feeling okay? Feels really okay, good. You ready to preach? Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> if you need to, hit stop. Um, anyway, uh, so he started out. Um, the man had gone down Jerusalem on his way home, sitting in a chariot. Then a random guy runs to his chariot. Probably freaks him out a little bit. Uh, and, and we're ready. You're on the next page. Are you ready to go? All right. Um, so he's read you're reading out loud. Um, are you, do you want to, actually, do you want to read that blue bit or not? Um, he was, you need, pretty good at running. Okay, all right, I'll read it, he can't do it. Uh, he, re, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb, um, sorry, lamb before its shearer is silent, he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth. And then Philip says to the guy, Do you, do you understand? Microphone, microphone. Yeah. <laughs> understand what you were reading. And Philip says, how can I, oh, sorry, no, I say that, sorry, I'm the eunuch now. Um, how can I, this is a bit confusing, how can I, unless someone explains it to me, are you able to? Yes. yes. Come on board. Right. And he did it. Give him a clap, guys. 
<laughs> Thanks, man. So you can see from that, that was not an easy job. And that was 10 kilometers an hour, and he could barely speak, the poor guy. So Philip was fit, and he was fast. He could catch a chariot traveling along a road and still talk to the guy who was in the chariot quite comfortably, I'm assuming. But did God call us all to run and chase chariots and run marathons? No, I don't think he did. What he did call us to do is to be fit for what he has planned for us. And what fit means for what God's plan is for you might be different for all of you. I think it could be spiritually fit. Maybe you need to be reading your Bible and studying the Word so that you're prepared to talk to the people who need to be spoken to. Maybe you need to be mentally fit. Or maybe you do need to be physically fit. And I think there's some merit for that for everybody. But either way, the thing we can learn from Philip is you need to be fit for what God has planned for you. Physically, spiritually, and mentally. All right, where's my next page? All right. Some of the things you might need to do to train for your race of your life would be, obviously, read your Bible and pray. 20 minutes in the chair is a good place to start your training for the race of your life. It could be studying, studying a book, studying a particular pastor's work, listening to sermons online, coming to church, obviously, but studying the Word is your training, maybe, for your event. Getting rest and getting sleep. I was talking to Sandy earlier in the week and she said the number one thing Christians can do to be more effective in their life is get a good sleep. I thought, I'm happy with that. But if you're rested, you're more effective. You're a more effective person. So getting rest and getting sleep could be the thing you need to do to train. So next time you need a little nap, tell your wife or your husband, I'm just doing some training. You might need to get exercise. You might need to be a fitter, healthier person so that you can be an effective person in your life, for your work, for your family, for your friends, whatever it might be, or for God's calling for you. You might need to eat better, eat well, so that you can be the most effective person you could be. You might need to find a mentor to guide you or be a mentor for someone else, and that could be your training for your life. So point two that I think we can learn from Philip is to be fit for the race of your life and train for that race. The next thing I think we can learn from this story and from Philip is to know your Bible. Now we don't know, or Philip didn't know what the eunuch was reading. He ran to a chariot with a guy who he didn't know and he was reading something and bang, Philip was ready. He had to interpret that for the guy, he had to explain that to the guy and he had to make it all make sense. So this eunuch was from a whole new country, hadn't grown up in the Jewish tradition, probably didn't grow up with these Old Testament scriptures, just reading them on his way home from Jerusalem. And Philip was ready. He could explain what it meant. He could relate that to Jesus, and he could explain it in such a way that this guy just went, wow, I want that. He knew his Bible well, Philip. He could have had to read anything, and he was ready to go. It says in there, do you understand what you were reading? Philip asked in verse 31, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip up to sit with him. Then Philip began with that very passage and told him the good news of Jesus. He was ready to go. No matter what that guy was reading, he was ready to go, bringing it into explaining Jesus. He knew his Bible well. And I think we can definitely learn that. So thirdly, know your Bible and be prepared to explain the good news to others. In essence, know and follow the instructions for running the race of your life, the instructions in the Word for running the race of your life that we find in God's Word. 
The next thing that we can learn from the story of Philip is that he was prepared to go the extra mile. In verse 31, he said, so he invited Philip to come and sit with him. Now, the chariot was definitely moving at this point. It says so. The chariot was moving along as they moved along. And Philip didn't even know where the guy was going. I don't think he said, where are you going? Oh, I'm just heading back to Gaza or I'm heading to Ethiopia. He didn't say where. He just jumped into a chariot with a random guy that was moving along a road. The spirit at the very beginning, the angel said, go. And Philip said, you yeah, know where it's, and went. Then the spirit said, go to the chariot. And Philip said, yes, I'm going. And then the Our eunuch says, come and sit in here. And Philip said, yeah, no worries, I'm in. He just did what had to be done to join the people on their journey. Philip could have said, whoa, let's let's pull the chariot up here and I'll have a chat with you. Or why don't you turn around and, and come to my house and I'll explain it to you. Or why don't you come to my church because we've got the answers at my church. If you come with me, you'll be fine. Or come and do what I like to do. Philip didn't do that. He, he said, I'm going to get in with you. And I'm going to journey with you. I'm going to come through your way. He went with the people. He was prepared to go that extra mile. Now, I work in a Catholic school at uh, Sacred Heart here. I teach grade four this year and last year. And we have a hero in the Catholic school, in the Catholic church, called Mary MacKillop. She was Australia's first saint. And she had a sentence that I really like. She said... Never see a need without doing something about it. I think it's a man saying a little bit, you know, when men see a problem, we want to fix that problem. She said this, and there was her mantra that we share around. So Philip saw a need. He saw this eunuch who was in need, and he said, I'm going to do something about it. And he went and did it. He didn't question it, he just did it. He was prepared to journey with this man from Ethiopia that he'd never met before, no matter where he ended up. He could have ended up in Ethiopia. And I'm not sure what would happen next. Are we prepared to journey with others? Do we expect people to come to us or are we prepared to go with them? Are we prepared to travel with our friends and family through the tough times of their life and journey with them? Are we prepared to put ourselves second and put others first like Philip did? And I think that's a really important thing we can learn. Be prepared to go that extra mile. Don't wait for people to come to you, but be prepared to go to them, that extra mile with others. Now, fourthly, be prepared for some weirdness. Now, I'm a primary school teacher, as you heard, and I predominantly taught in the younger grades, and younger kids are great to work with because everything's amazing. And I had a magic trick that I used to always start the year off. Uh, I, I get a pencil and I shove it in my ear like that. And then I pull it out my mouth, okay? And you can put up your nose and they love it. You know, oh, I can't do it. Hang on. Okay? It impresses them. If you do it quick enough and you practice enough, they think you can shove a pencil into your head. And then you can go and, like, put it into their hand and they're, like, looking for the pencil and you pull it out their belly button or something. It amazes them for about a week. But while that week goes, I am the king. They go home and tell their parents, my teacher is magical, which I'm pretty happy with. Now, I think this Philip we're reading about today, though, was next level. Okay, I love magic shows. I love watching those fool us shows and those uh, different shows and just thinking, how the heck do they do this? Is this trick photography? Do they have some skills that I'm not aware of? Philip blew people away. Let's read uh, in Acts 8. 9 to 13. It said, Now for some time a man named Simon 
had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people in Samaria, which is a pretty big area. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the great power of God. I'm not sure if he came up with that title or they did. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, and as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom, and in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptised, both men and women. Now Simon himself believed and was baptised, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. So Philip had turned up to this area where there was a guy called Simon the Sorcerer who could perform amazing acts that the whole area was amazed by, young, old, high and low, would come because he was so amazing. And then when this guy sees Philip, he says, whoa, and stops doing his stuff and follows Philip. So I think Philip was a pretty impressive guy. I've watched this uh, pen and Teller fool us where you have to try and trick them, they're magici magicians, and um, they're very un... Well, they're very hard to impress. They sit back with their arms folded, sort of watching these other people. They don't get impressed easily. Simon the sorcerer was impressed by Philip. Now, perhaps Philip had an ulterior motive, and we find out a little bit later, maybe his intentions were not as good as they could have been. But either way, he was impressed. And then in thir verse 39, we read, When they came up out of the water... The Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Now, I love that sometimes the Bible just puts things so matter-of-fact, you know. I don't know about you, but I get that, and I read and go, hang on a minute, they've missed something here. So, he's just, like, stopped on the side of the road, dunked the guy, came up out of the water, and then Philip just disappears, and... And it just talks, oh yeah, the eunuch went on his way rejoicing and Philip turned up in another place. That's not really something ordinary, I don't think. I don't know if you uh, ever have this, but I have it quite regularly where I'm driving somewhere and I get to my destination and I think, I have no idea how I got here. I don't remember stopping at lights, I don't remember giving way to anybody and somehow I am here. I don't think that's the Spirit of God moving me from one place to another. I think that's just me not having enough coffee. But either way it happens, Philip was a little bit more intense than that, a little bit more. He just turned up at a place. I wonder how often that happened to Philip. You just imagine, you know, I'm working away, baptising a few eunuchs, doing whatever, then, oh, I'm in Azotus. Oh, this is a nice place. I'll get on with my work. This is pretty amazing stuff. It seems like he didn't really get too phased by it either. I don't know. I didn't actually look how far Azotus was from where he was, but well, I think that would freak me out. Would that freak you out if you suddenly just disappeared and appeared in another town? It would. Philip was prepared for some weirdness, and he saw a, pretty, a few pretty amazing things, I think. So the fifth point I think we can learn from this story of Philip is don't try and be God and perform the spectacular, like Simon the Sorcerer did. I think he loved the power, the impressive. He, I don't know if he called himself the power of God or whether other people did, but he was all about me. Check out me. Check out spectacular me that I can do. But I think as Christians, we need to be prepared that God can, will, 
and may ask us to do some pretty weird stuff. And through his power and through his spirit, we can do those things. But be prepared for it. That's, I think, my five points that I think we can learn from this story of Philip the Evangelist. So I'll just recap those points for you so that we can take away those five things that we can learn to run the race of your life. So the first one was to be open to the Spirit of God and the promptings you receive from it, just like Philip was. Be fit and ready, point two. Be fit and ready mentally, physically, spiritually to do the work God's asked you to do. Get to know your Bible, point three. Read the Bible daily. Meditate on the Word. Study the Word. Point four, be prepared to go the extra mile with others. Be prepared to journey with people who need you at that time. And the last point, be prepared for some weirdness. <laughs>